Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Belisai. Before we start today, I wanted to take a brief moment to say, even though during the very first episode of this podcast, I gave Texas a hard time for giving the rest of us fajitas, Fritos, and Matthew McConaughey, we still love Texas. We're thinking of everybody affected by Hurricane Harvey. If you're like me, you might be overwhelmed by news like this, and it feels like there's nothing you can do to help or that any measly thing you do won't be enough. But every little bit does count, and you can do a few small things that do help. You can donate a few dollars to local food banks like the Houston Food Bank at HoustonFoodBank.com. You can donate to the Hurricane Harvey Relief Fund set up by the mayor of Houston. You could just Google Greater Houston Community Foundation and it should pop up for you. Or just Google Houston Ways to Help and a bajillion other charities will come up. You can pick yours and donate a few bucks. It's that easy. It might be small, but it's better than nothing. Also, this is an open invitation to Reba McIntyre to join me in singing a charity single because two gingers with beautiful voices like ours should not be holding back. On to the show. Thanks to our sponsor this week, Squatty Potty. I'm sitting here, as always, with my soundboard slash producer, Barry Finkel. Hey, Barry. Hey, Matt. Shut up, Barry. Yep. We've got loads of good stuff on today's episode. We're kicking things off, as always, with Worst Things First, the most fucked up shit of the week. Then we're deep diving into why old people are the worst. You thought I just hated babies and teens? Well, listen up, folks. I hate pretty much all stages of life, especially when that stage of life is smelly and rude and constantly walking the tightrope of life and death. So we go there. And finally, we've got the only guest who I won't do karaoke with because he is a much more talented singer than I am, and it intimidates me, Matteo Lane. Comedian, singer, and illustrator, he's going to be on the show for an interview and a new game that we are just now retroactively calling Diva Diva Deathmatch. Deathmatch. We've got all that today on the show, so stick around. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's make a show. (laughs) 
All right, let's get into it. Worst things first. The most fucked up news of the week. Our first story is about pizza. Domino's specifically, because they are testing self-driving pizza delivery cars, which means now I will never meet the love of my life. Thanks a lot, Domino's. That's the only chance I had. I can't take greasy pants off of a vehicle, Domino's. The way that self-driving pizza delivery works is that it pulls up to your driveway, and then you have to leave your house and go out and retrieve it. Like, I'm going to fucking do that with my boner. <laughs> my open robe. <laughs> you want me to walk outside for all my neighbors to see? No. Don't take cute delivery boys away from me, Domino's. It's all I have left. Next up, a man in Florida. Only in Florida. He was pulled over and found with drugs and a bunch of money and taken to jail. But when they arrived at the jail, the money appeared to be missing. Where could it be? The police were like, hey, what happened to all that money? And he was like, you guys took it. And they were like, uh, I think we'd remember if we took a bunch of money. And then they noticed that there were 20s falling from his buttocks. Because guess what? He shoved $1,090 up his booty hole. <laughs> Are they rolls of 20s? Or I it... hope. Okay. I hope he didn't just wad it up. <laughs> Put it like a ball of 20s up his ass. 20 times 5 times 10. Oh, that's only 50. I could totally fit 50 20s up my ass. Next, a man in Colorado said that someone came up to him in a steak and shake parking lot Asked him if he was a neo-Nazi because he had he had one of those Hitler youth haircuts that all the cool kids have these days. And before he could answer, this guy started stabbing him in the hand. And the right-wing media went nuts over this. Fox News had a whole story about how this man was stabbed because someone thought he was a neo-Nazi because of his haircut. But guess what? The police looked at security footage. They didn't see anything. They went to this guy and were like, hey, we didn't see anything. And he was like, just kidding. I made it all up. <laughs> and I stabbed myself. That's the best part of the story, is that this man stabbed himself in the hand in a steak and shake parking lot and then was like, you know what? I'm going to take a picture of this and say that someone stabbed me for thinking I'm a Nazi because that'll help. Here's some advice. Um, don't do any of this. Try just not doing this. Uh, starting with having a Nazi haircut. <laughs> Gotta retire it. Gotta retire it. Macklemore did. <sighs> Next up, convicted racist in Donald Trump BFF, Joe Arpaio, a.k.a. if the Mucinex monster were a real-life human. Good old Joe wants everyone to stop calling him racist because it hurts his feelings, even though he was convicted of being a racist. Technically, his defense is that he wasn't convicted of being a racist. He was convicted of not stopping when someone asked him to stop being a racist. <laughs> Piece of shit. Joe Arpaio. I hope he gets carried away by vultures while he's still alive. I hope they swoop down and pick him up and then carry him out into the desert. Finally, the worst thing that could possibly happen this week of all weeks just piling on top of an already miserable time. Sesame Street made a hellish version of Despacito called El Patito. El Patito. Oh, 
but that's Spanish for rubber ducky. And you know what? I hope Burr and Ernie die in a tragic anal prolapse accident because they didn't listen to the song. Ernie just shoved it in raw and then pulled out too hard. And then Bert's anus fell out. And then Rosita, the bilingual Muppet, walks in and they're just covered in blood and poop. Because also Ernie dies from shame. That's why you should always use lube and go Despacito. And that's Worst Things First, the most fucked up news of the week. Next up, we got a deep dive for you about your grandma. But first, a brief PSA about something that's pissing me off lately. Stop taking Instagram videos of concerts. Nobody gives a shit about your terrible videos. I'm not saying this as an old person who thinks that everybody should put down their phones during concerts and just enjoy it. I don't care if you're on your fucking phone the entire time. Tweet away. But nobody wants to watch your videos. If they wanted to be at the concert, they would be at the fucking concert. Also, every video that you can possibly take at a concert is inherently a terrible video. Basically, videos on Instagram of concerts are like taking a picture of your own butthole. It's always blurry. It makes me cringe. And the only person who cares about it is you. This has been a public service announcement. Deep dive. Wrinkly dick. Depends. Dentures. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, dive. So this week's deep dive is inspired by my bingo travels. Because last week I was in Chicago, and every time I'm in Chicago, I go to bingo on Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. with my mom and my grandma, because my grandma loves bingo, and she takes the rest of us with her. Please take us through every step of the journey. All right, bingo. We have to wake up at 7 a.m. so that we can all get ready. Then on the way to bingo, we stop at Burger King so we can get multiple breakfast sandwiches and coffee. And then we get there an hour early so that we can get the table that we want. We can buy all our shit and we can set up. We can get all our dabbers out. We could get, oh, my mom has a bunch of good luck charms that she brings out. Like what? Like Like what? Little trolls that you have to rub their stomach. (laughs) I love her so much. Yeah. Also, the first hour is like gossip hour, and my mom knows all the tea, and she spills it. The hot goss this week was Grace broke both of her kneecaps getting down, probably. Anyway, then bingo starts, and it's bingo. I don't know how else to explain it. They call out numbers. They get very mad, though. Those old ladies, because mostly ladies... I think it's all ladies, maybe a man or two. Anyway, if you go too fast, like if the numbers get called too fast, they freak out. They're, they have a routine and nothing can upset it. They get real angry. I won. I won $50. Yay! Because I won a bingo. Can we get a studio applause? 
<laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, my mom bought my cards, so it was pure profit. So basically, all of those old people were very angry that I won my $50 because they don't think I should be able to ball out at Burger King whenever I want. And that got me thinking about how vicious old people can be. So we compiled a list of reasons old people are the fucking worst. First, their stories are too long. Oh, oh, you fought in a war? Try getting cyberbullied by a bunch of teens on Tumblr, you crustaceous fuck. They're the only reason that Big Bang Theory is still on television. I'm pretty sure all of CBS would be bankrupt if everybody just died when they were 30. Like in Little House in the Prairie times. Little Laura Ingalls, she didn't have to worry about old people because everybody died from syphilis or dysentery, whichever came first. Either your dick fell off or you shit out your entire body. And then everybody else was free to play with their pig bladders and faceless rag dolls and just wait until they contracted syphilis or dysentery. The circle of life. The circle of life. It moves us all. Also, old people are bad at gift giving. One Christmas when I was a kid, my grandma gave me a... Uh, blouse that had the words hot stuff in flaming pink letters <laughs> it was literally pink glittery letters that were on fire in like rhinestones <laughs> from carson Perry scott and uh clearly a, a, a little girl's blouse that i was gifted Thank God they taped the receipt onto the top of the box and I had to return it to the Little Miss section. <laughs> there was no way that you could look at that and think that it was intended for a boy unless she was like, it's okay, sweetie. <laughs> we know, we know. Just like buy me a fucking poster of Chad Michael Murray that I can actually use. Also, all old people get mad at young people for being on their phones all the time. And it's just like, Technology is good, except the future. When you were a kid, fucking condoms were made out of cardboard boxes and prayers. <laughs> Old people are the only thing keeping the rest of America from just chopping Florida right off. Just castrating America. <laughs> just chopping that phallus right off the bottom. We could have sawed that state off years ago. But no, old people had to set up reservations in Boca Raton. And now we have to send them all money and supplies for their gambling addictions. Because also, every old person is a gambling addict. No exceptions. Let's face it. Every old person would sell out their entire family for a Kino ticket. Whatever Kino is. <laughs> and finally, I hate old people because all they watch is that one channel on basic cable that's basically not even a channel. It's just an infomercial for a magic copper pot, and I'm sick of it. You're never gonna buy that fucking pot. They just sit there and fantasize about getting that copper pot for five installments of $79.95. So, so take your fucking anger and shove it up the crypt you call a butthole. Up next, we have an interview and a new game with Mateo Wayne, coming up right after this commercial break. Today's episode is sponsored by Squatty Potty. Sure, everybody poops, but not everybody does it right. Squatting is better than sitting. Work smarter, not harder. That's my motto. 
when it comes to getting day drunk in the middle of the week and pooping. Squatty Potty is a footstool that easily fits under your toilet so that when nature calls, you can put your feet up, relax, and let gravity do your business. But why? Let's get scientific. So, you got your poop tube. When you sit normally on a toilet, it's kind of kinked like a hose. But when you squat with your Squatty Potty, your poop tube unkinks and everything can more easily slide right out like a slick gopher emerging from her den. The FDA, the Mayo Clinic, and the Stanford Clinic all have endorsed the Squatty Potty as a medically preferred way to number two. The classic Echo Squatty Potty gives you the ideal foot position for the perfect angle to release tension and provide relief. Also, with all the time you save from not straining, you can pick up a new hobby. I'm thinking needlepoint or roller derby. One of which you can do while using your Squatty Potty, roller derbing. Squatty Potty isn't just great for your health and time, but also for your wallet. So guess what? Unhappy Hour listeners get an exclusive coupon code. Head to squattypotty.com forward slash unhappy to check out all their products. Go get yourself one by using squattypotty.com forward slash unhappy. When you use that link, you'll get a free bottle of Squatty Potty's Fruity Booty Poo Spray. Believe me, your coworkers, your roommates, your mom, they're all gonna thank you. So go to squattypotty.com forward slash unhappy and get your very own Squatty Potty. Squatty Potty, the original toilet stool. We are here with Matteo Lane. Hi. Comedian, singer, illustrator. I can't do my high notes today. I blew up it's my voice rain. in Chicago. It's the weather. That's all I got. Normally it I'm full of great. whistle tones. Yeah. Now this is what it's like to be Mariah. Poor Mariah. No, not poor Mariah. Rest in peace. Although I did Xanax for the first time the other day. I've never done, I don't do drugs or anything, but I was feeling agita. So this guy, my friend Adam was like, take a Xanax. And I was so, in heaven. I mean, I was on stage. I was like, if this is what Mariah does every night, girl, lip sync all you want. This feels fabulous. Well, we'll get to divas. Okay. Um, let's start off. We, we ask everybody right up front, what is one thing that you hate that everybody else loves? I mean, I hate so much. Um, where do I begin? I hate strollers. And I hate new mothers who talk th- through their baby to everybody else. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, no, we can't afford that today. We're not going to buy that. No, we're not. We're going to be buying this instead because daddy hates us. I mean, it's like, <laughs> bitch, I don't, uh, good. I'm, I'm happy you're talking to your kid, but I'm, you know, I got to go. You know yeah. what I mean? You're taking, just, you wouldn't understand because you're not a mother. No, I never said I would understand, but I have a job. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I need to go. I was at a wedding, uh, my cousin's wedding, and I was singing. And uh, this woman who just had a baby came up to me, and I just I had just done Colbert, so it was like annoying the amount of people were like, "We saw you on TV." So this woman came up to me with her baby, and she's like, "We saw you on TV yesterday. We were hoping you would tell us jokes. Who's we? That thing just shat its diaper, and you're talking to me through your baby at, in a baby voice. Like I was like, get away from me." Yeah. So that bothers me. That's a good I one. I hate CrossFit. 
good also there's nothing good. like being like an accountant during the day and a shit gladiator at night uh how did you get into comedy i mean long story short i used to sing i was a trained singer a classical singer opera but then i went to school for art but i wanted to keep singing and performing it just is in every performer that like need to want to right. perform and get on stage so i had a friend her name was jilly and she was a part of this cabaret group that went around chicago and sang and the reason i did it is because they allowed you to pick your own songs now the other part of this was you were with drag queens and i quotations drag queens i mean they were it was rough uh <laughs> it was burlesque dancers uh-huh and we would performed at gay strip clubs uh-huh um so every weekend i'd go with this group and i loved it i would perform we would go you would the changing rooms either like a basement and frank wouldn't hide in or just like i swear to you uh, the dumpster outside so you know you have like a stripper in the back like jacking off to get hard a drag queen powdering her face for the eighth thousandth time and then we would be drinking heavily but then at four o'clock in the morning we could go up we get to perform so i would sing like <laughs> i would sing like uh, the way we were and then old men would just throw peanuts at me but i loved it i thought i did it for like a year and a half uh -huh. and I thought it was fabulous. I mean, it was just shit show after shit show after shit show. But then I I knew that I wanted to do comedy, especially after I had been watching Joan Rivers. And so I just, I swear to you, it's like a calling. You're just sort of like, yeah, I just have to do stand-up. And so my friend Anais was dating a guy named Marty DeRosa, who's a really well-known Chicago comic. And he's like, oh, I run a room. And then I just asked him, I was like, can I do? I had no idea how it worked. Mm -hmm. Absolutely no idea. So I was like, can I do comedy? And he was like, sure, you can do three minutes at my show. So, like, about 40 members of my family showed up. <laughs> and um, I did three minutes of comedy at this show. And, um, yeah, that was it. That was the start of it. So, I, I feel like most comedians, you get on stage, and there's almost, within the first few jokes, you have to almost call out the thing that you know people are thinking right away. I have to come out of the closet every night on stage. Right. That's, and, like, the first thing you have to do. You don't have to, but it's 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 better. For me, me, so I'm not like Tim Dillon or James Adomian where they don't have to bring it up. Mm -hmm. And not that they're ashamed of it, but if they don't want to bring it up, they don't have to. They do, but they don't have to. They don't, as uh, James Adomian says, they don't scan gay. Right. I get on stage, I scan very gay. <laughs> I'm a very gay man. I'm proud of being gay. I have mm -hmm. gay voice. I look gay. I, you know, I wear tight clothes. I enjoy this thing. Yeah. But if you don't address it, then people do become distracted. So when I get on stage, first thing out of my mouth, I say, yes, I'm obviously gay. Then I move on. You know, because people and some some straight people don't get that. They and I hate when people comment to me, you know, you don't have to talk about being gay or, oh, you know, I like you because you don't talk about being gay that much. Or, or you get all these comments and you're like, you know, nobody has to talk about anything. But also the, the standard of what it means to be a gay comedian. I mean, there's no famous gay male comedian that exists. Yeah, there, there's not. I mean, Mario Cantone doesn't get the credit he deserves. Right. Bruce Valanche is more so of a, a writer than he is a comedian. Even the women, there's lesbians, Ellen DeGeneres, Wanda Sykes, Judy Gold, Margaret Cho, like being, you know, Tig Notaro, like being a, a, a lesbian comedian is something that we're more used to, but being a gay man, you're not. So there's no one to dictate what I can and can't say. I'm right. just going to go say who I am and what I am. And if you don't like it, well, I don't know how to break it to you, but I'm, I'm, I'm gay. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's also your experience. Like comedy is it about is, your experience. But people are threatened by, I don't relate. <laughs> You know what I mean? I bring up Grinder once and suddenly I'm a hack, but straight people can talk about marriage for 60 plus years. <laughs> 60 plus. Oh, you have another joke? Oh, that's so interesting. Women and men think differently? Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like I mentioned Grinder. Oh, we get it. Don't shove it down our throats. 
But I do have to say, it is getting better. I yeah. find audiences are more engaging, they're more interested, they're, you know, you don't really, I don't really deal with, like, all this hate. Right. You know, people are actually more open-minded. So you're you're a stand-up comedian, but also an illustrator, yes. and you've started to illustrate this series for Bob the Drag Queen, with Bob the with Drag Bob. Queen. Not, not for. Not for. <laughs> you work for you Bob. You hear that, Bob? It's not for you, it's with you. <laughs> How did that get started? How do you, how did you two meet and slash how did that get started? Bob, well, Bob's one of my best friends. We met like two years ago. I was walking, this is before Drag Race. I was walking down the street after Pride and there was Bob at the corner <laughs> eating. <laughs> it's like, you know, after Pride when everyone's just like walk, walking around everywhere, you know, and I just hear, Mateo. And I turn around and he goes, I listened to you on Feast of Fun. And so so tell us about the idea of Kick-Ass Drag Queen. Well, a year ago, Bob said, I want to do a superhero that's a drag queen. And I said, cool, let's just base it off you. So literally at the diner, we had all these napkins and I was drawing out all these ideas for Bob. I was like, okay, what do you want her hair to look like? What do you want her clothes to look like? What can you do this and that? And then we, we drew out some of the ideas. And then, of course, Drag Race just took over his life. And so... We about maybe like three months ago, we were talking and we were like, you know, we need to we need to pick that back up. And so Bob was on the road. So I said, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to you're going to write and then I'm going to draw and then we'll just do this back and forth. Then I drew it. Then we both became obsessed. Then it was like every hour we were calling each other. What about this? What about that? Oh, my God, we can have Lady Bunny. Oh, my God, we could have RuPaul's going to be Rude Paul, and she's the most evil villain, and they get their powers from this, and then, and that's just on Bianca Del Rio. And people really are responding. Well, we have one spelling error. Whoops. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, people are really responding to it, which is really exciting for both Bob and I because it's like we love this idea, and maybe other people do, and people do. So right. that's kind of how it started. So clearly, I mean, you're, you're amazing at both being an illustrator and being a comic, did, did you feel like you had to choose at one point? I mean, you're doing both, so I guess no. But. No, I don't think so. I, you know, what's funny though is like I will because uh, I have a cartoon I wrote that I'm that I'm pitching next month, mm-hmm. and it's funny how like every time I try and get away from the drawing, it somehow serves me. Right. I. It, it's and it's like <laughs> I feel like Streisand. Um. You know, she's <laughs> like I don't want to be known as a singer. I'm a director. But then you know, people always go back. She goes. She leans on the singing, so people pay right. attention to what else she's doing. So I kind of married the two with my cartoon and with Kick-Ass Drag Queen. I've never in my life done drawings and gotten people's response. Every once in a while I post on Instagram, like, I drew Maleficent. Or, you know, I'm like, I'm not always naked. Uh, so, you know, this is the first time that I'm doing drawings and getting really fun feedback, yeah. which is new for me. So that that's very exciting. Yeah, that's a double-edged sword, though, getting feedback right away. Well, everyone's calling me a faggot on this. <laughs> Who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Yeah, you experience the if you experience the worst just right away, then everything is uphill. Yeah, I'm really not bothered by it. So you you host is it monthly? You do a show, a monthly show that is Battle a, of the Divas. Battle of the Divas. With Christy Cello, we go. We, we it's a debate show. We bring up two comedians. We have drag queens as those divas: yes. Mariah versus Whitney, Gaga versus Beyonce, uh, Madonna versus Cher. We we do it all. Right. So we're gonna play like a kind of mini version of that. Perfect. We're gonna give pairs of divas, and, and I pick. You have to kill one of them with a okay. however you want. Do we have to kill. Can we just say put, give them a Xanax? Give them a Xanax. Okay, sure. We'll, I don't know if we'll it's good for me out. to say. I want to kill. <laughs> okay, we'll be Mariah nicer. Carey. You know what I mean? We'll like be nicer. I'd, okay. You don't have to. You can kill the other one. You could give the other one. A Xanax. I may throw out a kill here and there. Um, okay. Well, first is how do you define a diva? I guess a woman gay men pay attention to. <laughs> okay. 
What is it about divas that you think gay men like? Well, I think it's the camp, but I also think it's... You know, and I liken it to like Disney villains. It's it's whoever is playing sort of outside the patriarch mm-hmm. and is sort of a larger than life and not playing by the rules. Gays sort of associate with that. I also think too, you know, there's the idea of marrying the mask and the femme. You know, a lot of gay men, including myself, everyone, we're all a mix of what it means to be masculine and feminine, which is great being gay because you have your foot in both worlds. Right. So I think divas, Judy Garland and Whitney Houston and Patty and Aretha and all these divas, Liza, they tend to play in both of those worlds. And it's almost we could mimic mimic that. Right. Uh, start off with the big ones. Whitney versus Mariah. You have to, you have to give one a Xanax. Luckily, Mariah's doing that herself right now. <laughs> Are we talking about their prime? Sure. I will. Okay, I'm going to pick Mariah. As which the better one. Is one I would lean to, because I do think Whitney's a better singer. Uh-huh. But Mariah, I keep going back to. Right. Whitney, I don't go back to as much. But Mariah, I keep going back to. Okay. So I would say like a 95, 96 Mariah would probably beat out Whitney. But Whitney... It's a toss-up. I mean, you could convince me either way, but right now you're asking me, I would say, generally speaking, I lean towards more Mariah. Right. But Whitney, I do think, is overall a better singer. Uh Uh-huh. Beyonce or Rihanna? Beyonce. Yeah. Even though, personally, who I'd like to hang out with, Rihanna. Yeah. But then, you know, like, overall speaking, it's it's hard to beat Beyonce. And right. I am partially saying that so I have I can maintain a career. <laughs> right. I, I love Wendy surprised. Williams. I don't care if you come after me, Beehive. I don't go on my Instagram. <laughs> I don't care. It's a lie. It's a lie. Um, Brittany or Christina? Christina's such a cunt. Yeah. I mean, she's so, she's insufferable. And she's someone else. She's a perfect person who's who's the perfect example of someone who is extremely talented and picks terrible music. I mean, <laughs> but she's a better singer, so I'll go for Christina. Well, she sang a jazz, a couple jazz songs one time, and her voice is stunning when she sings jazz, when she's not, I mean, that's just too much. That's what she does, though. But it's, it's, it's enough. It's enough already. Yeah. I mean, Brittany, oops, ah, you know, she, Hasn't. She has got the. She looks like the Joker now. What did she do to her mouth? But I would go Christina, okay. which I know gays won't like. But you know what? You know Whatever. what? I agree. I agree. I think Britney has had her moment. She has, and you know what? She's happy, and she's a good mother, and and <laughs> no, the air and, quotes, and just she looks fabulous. You know, she does uh, Taibo and considers it dancing. <laughs> um, Katy Perry versus Taylor Swift. Katy Perry. Yeah. I don't like Taylor Swift. But you like Katie or just I don't know. I think she writes great music. Taylor Swift as a person, I think, is fine. I mean, I'm not saying like I don't like her as a person. She seems like a young girl. She's stunningly beautiful. She's very talented. Um, I just don't I I don't buy it. I don't buy I don't buy that. Katy Perry, even though she did that wretched interview, uh, remember that with the therapist? Where like they, she's like, I just wanted to like cut my hair. And he's like, Yes. Like, it's very creepy. If you haven't listened to it, Google it. Oh, it's horrifying. But she writes good music and she seems like she's just she's dating hot B-list actors and is having a good time. So I'd go with Katy Perry. Demi versus Ariana. Ariana. 
Yeah. You know, here's the thing. Ariana has the diction of a fog machine, but she is one of the few women. And I do think she steals a lot from Mariah, but I think Ariana is down, come, comes down to it. She's very talented. She's got a really good voice, and she's one of the last people we have that can sing well. Yeah. I true. mean, Demi's got a good voice and surprised me when I hear, but there's just. I guess it's an age thing. I mean, kids seem to fucking love Demi Lovato. And I watch them, like, I, I kind of don't get it. Barbara Streisand versus Diana Ross. Get out of here. Barbara Streisand. Barbara <laughs> rises to the top over every, everybody. <laughs> okay. okay. Diana Ross, her best thing she ever did was The Wiz. And she looked the best and sounded the best. I mean, she sounded good when she sang Home, except Whitney did it better than Merv Griffith's show in 1983. But um, Barbara Streisand is cl- easily, besides Maria Callas, undoubtedly one of the greatest singers of all time. No question. Right, right. Yeah. And she, Barbara's still going, and she'll be she here is. forever. My chickens lay green eggs. I mean, she's so out of it. Bette Midler versus Bernadette Peters. Bette Midler. Bernadette Peters. I like Bernadette, but my lip broke. I mean, I my favorite thing Bernadette did was uh, her singing uh, in Anastasia. <laughs> yeah. Perry holds the key to your heart. She's one of those singers that sings in full chest and then just flips to head voice for no reason. Right. You know what I mean? When I was singing. And you're like, wait, go. <laughs> what is Elite, What's going on? Whitney did that a lot, too. Oh, and you. And it's like, okay, I guess that's what we're doing. Angela Bassett versus Helen Mirren. I instinctively wanted to say Angela Bassett because I think she should have played Storm. And I'm still waiting for Halle Berry's apology for how she portrayed Storm. <laughs> RuPaul should have played Storm. Because remember in the cartoon, it was like, and, and in the comics too, more so in the comics, but like, if they were like, Storm, could you open a window? Winds rise and sweep the thorns beneath our path. It was like, okay, never mind. I'll have Jubilee do it. You know, but in, in the movie, she never did that. And the gays were just waiting for her to lift up those arms. Right? You know what I'm talking about? And just summon those storms and right. from the ends of the earth, send limitless cold upon him. I, we never got it. So I'll never forgive Halle Berry for that. Simon Cowell versus Justin Bieber. Simon Cowell, a bitchy, big titted woman. I mean, just <laughs> yelling at everyone. Now he brought us Susan Boyle. I go for Simon Cowell. And he, he brought honesty to America when we needed it most. I yeah. mean, you know, first of all, people who go, oh, he's so mean. No, people on American Idol come on their own accord. They know what they're getting into. And if you're a bad singer, then you need to hear it. Yeah. You need to hear it. It's like Patrice when he used to go after bad comedians. <laughs> like you need, someone needs to say to you, you have to stop doing this. <laughs> Right. You have to stop. Well, that was a great strong note to end on. Um, that was Diva, Diva Death Match. Death Match. Death we killed Death off a number of people, and by killed off, I mean we gave them Xanax. We got into a pretty deep conversation about it. <laughs> we did. Yeah. Before you go, where can people find you and your work? You can find me uh, at Mateo Lane on Instagram, M-A-T-T-E-O-L-A-N-E, and Twitter and Snapchat, although Snapchat I don't use it, and I should because I'm getting a show on Snapchat. Um, and then Kick-Ass Drag Queen is on Instagram, so follow that it's a story of a kick-ass drag queen awesome written by bob the drag queen and illustrated by moi thank you so much for coming on grazie per tutto have a good one we'll see you next time alla prossima bye ciao all right we're almost at the end of the show we've come to the time when we do our chaser the thing at the end of the week that makes it all go down Barry, do you have a chaser? I do. What is it? Kyle McLaughlin's Twitter presence is just like, 
I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a dad, but a child. He's just really sincere and mm-hmm. sweet and always making cute little jokes. And it just brings me a lot of joy. And I just wish the best for him. Matt, what's your chaser this week? I have two chasers and they're both gay. (laughs) (laughs) One, this should be my chaser every week for the rest of my life until I hopefully I die from it. Jon Snow's butt. Oh, it's just so good. I hope the last thing I see is Jon Snow's butt over my mouth. (laughs) <laughs> what? And nose, and it just suffocates oh me. Oh my God, Matt. Um, who knew? Who knew that in Game of Thrones time, they had butt waxing, they had a soul cycle. Shout out to Jon Snow's butt for being amazing and for warming the winds of winter. That's cute. My dragon spewed. <laughs> <laughs> Hot fire <laughs> when that shit came on. Um. In other great news, Will and Grace is finally, finally on iTunes. It hasn't been available anywhere, not on any streaming service, not available for purchase anywhere. And finally, you can buy it on iTunes. And I'm so excited. And I've been rewatching it. And I love it. Because I've, I came to the embarrassing conclusion that I am a horrifying mix between Chandler Bing and Jack McFarlane. Do you agree? Absolutely. <laughs> and Fat Monica. I think we have to add that in. But also all of the Will and Grace cast, all four of them, because that's all who is on that show, are invited to come on the show and bitch with me. That's it. Thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcast or wherever else you get this show. Hit subscribe, then rate us, review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. You can also find us on Spotify and Stitcher and all the places where podcasts are. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Media. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Jenna Weiss-Berman, Josh Gwynn, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Max Linsky, Emily Becker, and Jess Hackle. And this week's sponsor, Squatty Potty. Music by Hansdale Sue. You can find me on all the social medias at Matt Belisai. You can pre-order my book, Everything is Awful, and other observations on everythingisawfulbook.com. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye. Only in Florida. (laughs) How high can you get? Only in Florida. (laughs) God damn it. You're going to use that now.